because you're jumping back into the gut. All right. Hey, Coach. Welcome to the Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Oliver. I appreciate you joining us for this week's podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit basketballimmersion.com for more coaching resources and access to all the basketball podcasts. I hope you will give us a shout out on social media, on Twitter at Bball Immersion, or on Instagram at Basketball Immersion to help me continue to share the game. Enjoy the episode. Awesome to welcome Queen's University of Charlotte head coach, Bart Lundy. Bart Lundy enters the ninth season of his second stint at Queen's University and his 14th year overall as the winningest coach in Queen's basketball history. After leading his team to a sixth consecutive NCAA tournament appearance in 2020-21, Lundy holds a record at Queen's of 303-99 and for a 75% winning percentage and an overall coaching record of 399-186 and for a 68% winning percentage in 19 seasons as a head coach in NCAA Division I and Division II. Coach Lundy, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Chris. How are you? I'm awesome. And, uh, you know, I've followed your team and your career and your success for a while now. And uh, in preparing for this, obviously, I learned a little bit more. And that's that uh, you worked with Buzz Williams for a little bit at Marquette and had great success there as well. And uh, it's pretty unique as well that you're one of the coaches that returned to the same place they were head coach previously and continued your success. That's kind of cool, isn't it? It, it is. Uh... You know, I, I have a few stories. Uh, you know, I like to say I'm a part of the past, the present, and, and hopefully the future here at Queens. Um, but we have, uh, I was gone for 11 years, uh, and I was the head coach here when I was 25. And uh, I, in fact, we had some folks from Adidas here this, uh, this morning, and I told them this story. Uh, when I was leaving, I was taking the job at High Point University. And uh, Hugh McCall, who's the founder of Bank of America, he was the head of our board of trustees. And uh, we, we presented him with a ball. We had just gone to the final four and I was I'd already taken the high point job. And when I gave him the ball, he said, it's just too bad. Uh, Bart's not going to be able to coach in our new gym, our new facility. Well, 11 years later, I came back three days before this facility opened. So I was gone. But uh, but he, I, I got the last laugh on that. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's great. And uh, and you've continued the success and had great success at uh, Queens. And uh, we're going to talk about one of those reasons for that success. And uh, and that is the boot camp philosophy. So maybe first, just give us an idea. What is a boot camp? Uh, well, for us, um, and I think, um, you know, some people are familiar with uh, Buzz Williams and Buzz might not want me to give a lot of this out. Um, but the Buzz Williams boot camp, uh, and I think he Got it from Billy Gillespie and Bill Self, and I don't know how far it goes back, um, but it goes back a long way, uh, at least uh, the originations. Uh, so the way we do it, uh, it is um, builds a team. It's kind of an all or nothing. You know, everything that we do is a win or a loss. Um, if you win, you you continue to progress. If you lose, then you know there's there's some type of um, a, a punishment, or you have to do it again. Uh, if it's uh, say we don't make a sprint, we would add a, add time to that sprint and try to do it again. Uh, but really, is um, it, it accomplishes two things in my in my opinion. Uh, number one, it gets our guys in in great shape, um, and it does it in a way where they, um, you know, they, it, obviously it's difficult, but it does it in a way where they are pulling together, and there's as much. Um, uh, to it mentally as there is physically. 
And then it builds our team because they have to figure out, all right, who's tired and can and cannot run a solo, you know, it might be a two-man sprint and there's a solo who who uh this is a fast time, you know, who who needs to be in a certain line. And they have to figure all that out and they're they're under some duress when they do it. Uh so it's uh we we laugh. It's kind of a science experiment at this point. Um but but um you know I don't do anything as a coach that is not um directly related to to uh, basketball. So we don't run on the track or so everything that we do is, you know, a, a piece of our defense. Um, it's, you know, running sprints that, that I believe, uh, get us in game shape. So, uh, it gets progressively, progressively, uh, more difficult and, uh, and earlier in the morning. So this morning we started at five seventeen AM. That's early coach. That's yeah. early. Yeah. Um, and then, so there's so many questions, obviously, to come from this. I mean, the first thing is you mentioned shared suffering makes a team a team to a certain extent. But let's just be clear. I mean, this is a more modernized version of this concept, right? This isn't run them till they puke type of mentality, right? You already referred to you're trying to make it as basketball specific as possible. So can you talk a little bit about that modernizing of this? Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, we, we do six sessions. Um, it is, uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of know at this point how far we can push them. We, we get them with, um, you know, the way division two works, we still start official practice on October 15th. Uh, so we can do eight hours a week. So some of that is team team practice, but we start with individual workouts. So, uh, we have a four man, four man group, individual workouts, and they really go along the same concept where we're doing basketball specific. It might be Mike and drill. Uh, but you've got 30 seconds to do mic and drill. And, you know, a big guy might need to get 22 or 23 in 30 seconds, whereas a guard might need 18. Uh, and they they win or lose and they win or lose as a group. And uh, if they win, they just keep going. If they lose. They have they have a sprint. Um, and so we get them in, start getting them in shape for boot camp in the individuals. Uh, so it's a, a very gradual process. And, and we're very delicate with uh you know, our, our work to rest times. I mean, it, it seriously is a, a science experiment at this point. Um, uh, but our trainers are involved. And um, if we have somebody with an injury, you know, we've, we let them uh, with our trainer pick, all right, what can we do? What can they do with the team? Because it really is a team concept uh, in, in everything we do. So, you know, we don't want to go halfway through and drop out. So if there's a, an injured player, we're very, uh, cognizant about what we put them in and what we don't put them in. Um, but it, it really does, it really does build our team and, um, and our guys build unbelievable bonds. Uh, and, uh, you know, we went four straight years without losing in November and December. And, and I really believe that boot camp had a lot to do with that. So you, you reference the science and, and that's gotta be a part of this in this modern version of it, because we do have this method to be able to quantify workloads and to be able to, again, at the end of the day, make sure our athletes are safe, both mentally and physically. So can you just give us an idea of some of the things that they're monitoring while they're doing this? Sure. Um, so, so we have, um, we might start with basic, uh, what we call around the horn, you know, warm up, uh, passing drill, layup drills, uh, we go from there to some defensive stations, just like anyone would do. 
their three minute stations. You, you might have a uh, 30 second uh, work on 45 off, um, you know, simple things, you know, rotations. Um, we have uh, zigzag. We have uh, a box slide where it's close out slide. Um, but everything, everything has an exact time of work and a time of rest. So, um, and then we get to some sprints and the sprints are all, um, for the most part, uh, two man or three man sprints. So it might be a half and back a down and back. Uh, and if to say this morning, we had, uh, 12 guys, so we might have six lines, um, and we might do seven of those, but then, uh, halfway through, I might say, okay, now you need seven lines. So now you've got five lines and two solos. But the, but the sprints uh, literally are um, a two-man sprint, so you get partial rest there, and then you get to rest the time of the sprint. So you're at least getting one and a half rest to the, to the time of the sprint. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, it's difficult, but it's not, um, it's not uh, anything that's impossible. So we've talked about the goal of obviously there's a fitness a strength and conditioning component. There's a basketball component, and obviously there's a mental toughness component uh, with that mental toughness component. I'm also wondering then, which would be a more modern version of this is that are, are you doing anything to provide coping strategies for your players, whether it's through working with mental, you know, mental skills trainers in advance, or just cueing them with these different things? Cause I got to imagine again, that's part of this process. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate here at Queens. We have uh, we have amazing um, sports psychologists here on our campus. Um, we have a nutritionist that's working with our guys. Uh, we have an amazing training staff. So uh, we are covering every every base with our guys. Um, now, I, I do think there are some um, some positive mental benefits to this, especially for for young players, because uh when they come in as freshmen, uh, and, and you'll know this probably from your own experience, Chris, you go to school and you don't have anybody watching you and you stay up all night and you sleep during the day. So part of the reason we do everything in the morning is I, I like to reference them as newborn babies. You know, they get their days and their nights mixed up, uh, which can cause more mental stress uh, with that uh, lack of sleep regimen uh, than anything else that they do in their lives. So uh, part of it is the morning. Um, we do some things called unlocking doors uh, before we ever start our preseason program. Um, you know, I, I believe that uh, that this is a this is a total um, um, our preseason has less to do with basketball and more to do with uh, learning about each other, um, helping each other learn what level we can work to. Uh, how many guys play with each other for four years and don't know how many brothers and sisters they ha they have their teammates have um, so so we do a lot of things where um, you know we're spending a lot of time with our guys um, there are tons of rewards in boot camp I think people think boot camp and they think oh it's it's a it's a beat down you know um, but it, it really is a, a rejoicing of what they can accomplish and uh, and it's less pressure than it is reward if that makes sense it does make sense and it's it's fascinating to get a, again a modern look at this and uh, maybe just the nuts and bolts how long does this last and how many days in a row do you go in in that period yeah so so uh that's where you you've got to be you've got to be really smart about you know how you administer it 
uh, and it goes on feel. Uh, so yesterday we, we, we went two days in a row this week. We went Monday and Tuesday and we will take, uh, we will, we'll do some basketball stuff tomorrow, but there's no boot camp. And then our final boot camp will be on Thursday. So the two in a row, yes, uh, on Monday, we went, we went really hard, uh, and they, and they did great and, um, and showed a lot of leadership. Uh, this morning was way more basketball, more um, defensive station breakdown work, uh, more work on our offense, and less of just the pounding and the, you know, and the and the brutal conditioning stations of you know go doing con- continuous uh, closeouts and zigzags and all that. So uh, you, you've got to be smart and you've got to be balanced with it. Um, but uh, I've been doing this a long time now, so we. You know, the, I think the football guys have it figured out. They don't get them injured between um, between Monday and Saturday, you know, so they can play in the game on Sunday. And uh, boot camp is counterproductive if you're breaking them down mentally to the point where it's it's destructive or if you're getting them injured. So, um, you know, I wouldn't suggest somebody just go do boot camp to do boot camp. No, not at all. And yeah, and and it's well planned and it's organized and we can tell all this. This isn't something just random. Uh, you have a plan to it. Another thing I've learned through Eastern philosophy that's that's helped in a lot of these different things is this idea of setting an intention and an imagining that's a part of this process as well. At the beginning, at the end, there's certain ritual or ceremony that helps kick it off and helps end it. And uh, that's a part of this process, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's uh there are so many rituals within this, uh, Chris, that, uh, you know, we could do the whole podcast on rituals. So uh, it, it really is something that, um, you know, we, we like to tell people we have our own cult, <laughs> you know, and and, uh, and and our guys really believe that. Uh, and they do learn to work together and they do learn to work hard. Um, but that's only a part of it. You know, the conditioning is only a part of it. It, it really is teamwork. It really is getting to know each other. Uh, and really building uh, deeper bonds than just, uh, you know, guys on a basketball team. So a lot of these uh, boot camps that I researched a little bit were originally not with a basketball, but I love the idea that you've added a basketball to it. And, uh, you know, in a, to a certain extent, you've created this team atmosphere around conditioning and basketball work at the same time. So can you give us some idea of some of the other basketball drills? You already talked about Mike and uh, zigzag and different ones like that. What are some others? Well, when we start, when we start with the individual workouts that, that build us into boot camp, it, it, it is, it is all basketball. It could be, um, it could be rips. So, you know, throw to the coach, go to the elbow, rip, rip back to the middle. Uh, but everything is timed and scored. So they, they have a goal in mind and they have a, they have a, a clock that's, that's moving. Um, so their you know, their, their focus is there and, you know, they get a win loss for everything. We start with, jump rope <laughs> so they jump rope for two minutes but they you know if it's a group of four they might have 10 misses you know you can't have more than 10 mess ups um and then we go straight from there to ball handling and there'll be there'll be a goal uh so it's really just fundamental basketball just a time and a score and uh and you know we've, we've been doing it long enough to know you know what's productive what's not productive what makes them better um, you know, and what fits within our program and what, what we value. And within this, uh, boot camp uh, period or phase, are there other, you're not doing other basketball practice. You're not doing other individual workouts, or are you still doing those two? Yeah. Once we start boot camp, boot camp's only for two weeks. Yeah. So, uh, 
and, and we're doing six sessions. So, you know, when I was with Buzz, I think we did 12 sessions. So we, we, we do six here, which isn't bad. So it's really three last week and three this week. So it gets, it gets earlier by 15 minutes. So on, on Thursday, our last one will be at 5.02, which if, if you want to know the hardest part in our guy's mind, it's getting up at, and being ready at 5.02 in the morning. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's part of being uh, on a team and having some discipline. And, um, you know, we're fortunate we've got an elite swim program here that they've won six national championships on the men's and women's side. Um, both six in a row. It's, it's incredible. And we've got Olympians and, um, you know, we're coming in at 502 and they're jumping in the pool, the cold pool at 502. So, uh, you know, there's discipline and there's great culture all around us. Uh, and I think our guys, you know, uh, observe that, see it and, and, uh, and digest it. So um, I don't know what our original question was, but uh, yeah, it's only, only six sessions. Um, and, and, uh, you know, we're doing basketball practice in between. So we'll go five days a week, give them two days off. So there'll be some other basketball on the other two days. Yeah, it's, it's great just getting this perspective on it. Then uh, you talked about doing teamwork stuff within this. Then uh, when you talked about like competition, winning and losing, is it individually based or is it sometimes team based? And then with that, do the teams change all the time or are they with the same team for the whole boot camp phase? Uh, no, they change constantly. So, so, and, and most of that is up to them. Uh, so they, they've got to make the decisions on who goes where and uh, what the strengths are and, you know, who's, who's pulling more weight. We track. Uh, so if you're running a solo sprint, if there's, if it's a two man sprint, uh, but we have seven lines and there's five, two man groups and two solos, if that makes sense, uh, then we track, you know, who's, who's running the solos and, uh, and as the times get faster, you know, we've got leaders on the team and you see it emerge and they'll go, okay, Hey, BJ, you're going to run the 34 second solo because you can't make the 31 second solo. So they, and they have, they have a certain amount of time to figure all those, all those aspects out. So, um, you know, whether it's an individual event or a team event, they, they are, really responsible for figuring it out and talking to each other. We give them timeouts. They earn timeouts throughout the, throughout boot camp. They have to confirm the timeout with a free throw. So we have leaders each day. So it, it really is pretty in depth and they are very hands-on. It's fun, fun to hear about this. And uh, you know, it, it's, it, it is sometimes this simple, like people ask about how you develop leadership and, to a certain extent, developing leadership is simply putting them in, putting your players in positions where they have to lead. And that's what you're doing in this, where they decide matchups, they decide who's to run what, all these different things. This is leadership development, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll give you a great example. And uh, so I've got a point guard and he is, he started here basically since he stepped on campus. Unbelievable worker, fantastic kid, obviously a good player. Uh, but has really struggled to find his voice as a leader. So now he is, uh, because of COVID, he's, he's again a, a junior, uh, but he's fourth year in the program. He'll, he'll leave here as the all-time winningest player in program history. Uh, you know, granted that he stays healthy and knock on wood. Uh, but uh, so we're in boot camp and uh, I give them the choice of, uh, I think we missed the free throw. If I can get the scenario right, we missed the free throw. And I said, okay, I'll give you double or nothing to get the timeout. 
one more free throw. Uh, but if you miss, uh, you add uh, a sprint. And we were at the, the final little section of sprints, and they're the most difficult sprints. We add a sprint. So it's double or nothing, uh, but the double is we add a sprint. But if you make the free throw, you get the timeout. So they had, uh, they had used the timeout because they couldn't agree on what to do. So they're all gathered around, some are on the floor, you know, they're, they're uh, taking their rest, and, but they're all talking. And, uh, and finally, Kenny silences the whole group and tells them exactly what they're going to do. And I thought to myself, Kenny's finally found his voice as a leader. And he's, he's without a doubt the leader of our team. But that, that little bit of stress and, and the indecision of the team brought that out. And, that, you know, that's what you want to see. Yeah, that's a great example. And we talked about leadership. What other habits, in your opinion, are formed through this process of boot camp? Well, I think we all we all have um, levels of work capacity that we think we're capable of. And and I'll give you I'll give you a great example, Jimmy Butler. So Jimmy Butler, as a sophomore, um, you know, wasn't uh, the Jimmy Butler we know now. Uh, so he, he had to learn how to work and. He got to a point where he could work to this level, uh, and then he figured out, okay, I can work to this level. And boot camp with Buzz is a little more difficult than boot camp with Coach Lundy. So <laughs> he, Jimmy learned that he could work at a very, very high level. Uh, and then when he was coming out uh, his senior year, he wasn't really on anyone's draft board, but he was the throw-in guy to all these NBA workouts. Uh, and the NBA guys started to figure out, okay, when this guy stops at this level, Jimmy keeps going. And, uh, and I really believe that boot camp is a, is a part of that. You know, you learn, you learn that you have more in your tank. And, uh, and, and I think boot camp, because of the collaborative nature of it, brings that out. You don't want to let your teammates down. I mean, you, you can be tired and not make the sprint for the coach. But you don't want to let your teammates down. You know, you want to you want to make that sprint. You want to make you want to. Hey, you're tired. I'll run the solo, you know, and you and you learn what you can and can't do. And uh, and I really believe that that had goes a long way. That went a long way toward building what we see with Jimmy Butler now, which is he's a warrior. He absolutely is. And I'm wondering, what are some strategies for you or for coaches who are listening to make sure that this is not something that your players feel that you're doing to them, but you're doing it for them. And that is a big distinction. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, we, we allow them uh, two things. One, we sit them down and we say, okay, uh, this is, this is what we have. We have six sessions and you guys, you guys are a big part of it. Here's, here's why we do it. Um, and we're not, you know, we, we explain that, you know, most of our guys want to be pros and you guys are learning how to work. That's number one. You're learning how to work. You, you know, it's, it's going to be different than going with your trainer and a ball and going through some cones. That's it's, it's not that. Um, and then two, we want to build you guys as a team. So we give them all the reasons that we do it. And, and we tell them it's, it's up to you guys and your leadership on, you know, whether you embrace this or you don't embrace this, obviously we're, we're, we're going to do boot camp. It's a part of our program. And we tell them that in the recruiting process. Uh, and then, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that they love getting up at five o'clock in the morning uh, or they love boot camp. Um, but 
without a doubt, they understand the value. And so, you know, I got back here, I'm going into my ninth year. That very first one was difficult because no one understood why, why are we doing this? But after that, uh, we, we didn't have a boot camp last year with, with COVID year, but um, after that, it's really not something that I have to tell them that we're going to do to you because our guys understand, Hey, when we finish this, when we finish this, we feel like we, we have earned the right to win. We have earned the right to be good players. And, you know, and the other thing we do, and you, you, you might not love this, but we don't give them their gear until they, until we finish. So the locker room right now until Thursday is closed. But when we finish boot camp on that last day, we open it up and all their gear is there. So it's like Christmas Day. And so there's a, there's a lot of reward. There's a lot of uh, we come out. They do have to get a flu shot right after the last boot camp. So after the flu shot, we get we get the gear. Hey, coach, brief interruption of our podcast to talk about basketballimmersion.com. The best player development is coach development. Many websites will provide you ideas on what to teach with a massive content dumping. Our website shares what to teach too, but with a focus on how to teach, how to add challenges, how to create random practice, how to create game-like training, how to connect and transfer practice skills to game applications, and so much more, including 70-plus master classes from coaches from around the world. Basketball Immersion is an online basketball coach education platform. Go to basketballimmersion.com to learn more today. That's great. It's a rite of passage, obviously, in that sense. And then, and then part of these things with these rite of passages or these, this shared suffering is there's no point in doing it if you're not going to reference it all year. So what are some ways that you reference this experience so that your players feel empowered throughout the whole season by what they did? Well, we, we reference it constantly. So our, our last boot camp, we will have our schedule from the scrimmages all the way through the national championship, and we'll have it printed on a, on a huge sheet. And each of those has uh, an activity that, that we're trying to win. And we will go through the schedule and the scrimmages might be, okay, four guys have to get Mikeins. Um, you know, there, there might be, um, I, just, I just did it. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of activities. So everything we, we've done through individuals and through the boot camp, there's going to be a piece of it in there as, as, a, as a game. But we go all the way through the, the schedule and they can see, okay, in, in November, we have three game road stretch. Well, that's going to be pretty difficult. So those activities are difficult. Uh, and we get all the way through. And then when we get to our conference tournament, you know, that's, that's kind of at the end, we're kind of tired. You've got, you've got this to try to win the conference tournament championship. And then here's where the NCAA tournament is going to be. Okay. You guys have finished 27 and two in the regular season. You're a, you're a number one seed in the NCAA tournament now. So the NCAA tournament's at our place because we host if we're the number one seed. At the Elite Eight, we go to Indianapolis. So they get to go mentally through the entire season in that final boot camp. So they, it gives them, and then we hang that sheet in the locker room and it sits there all year. And they get to see, okay, this is, this is what we ran for boot camp in that final, in that final day. Yeah, it's great. I mean, you're connecting it to the season and connecting it to the why, which is awesome. And you also mentioned unlocking doors and this concept of bringing your players closer together. So what are some other ways that that happens within that? I know when I research some others, they have guest speakers sometimes or different things that go with that. But what are the specific ways that you bring your team closer together? 
Well, you may have run into a guy that generally is in the NBA, but his name is Dr. Joe Carr. I don't know if you've heard that name, uh, but Dr. Carr uh, has worked with tons of NBA teams and you know LeBron James, some of the premier players. Um, uh, now, we can't afford to bring Dr. Carr in, but uh, being in, I think I've been in six Dr. Carr sessions um, that usually are three or four days. Uh, with teams at Marquette, North Texas. Um, so we take pieces of that. And uh, really as basic as sitting in a circle, we bring a basketball. We call the basketball the cake. So if you have the cake, you can speak. And uh, generally I'll start and I'll tell uh, our guys personal things about me, things that have happened in my life that are, you know, joyous, things that have happened that uh, were tragic. And we will pass the cake. I'll tell them about my family, about where I grew up. Uh, and each guy, and this can go on for a long time, each guy will get their shot at the cake and, um, and they, start to, they start to open doors. And uh, you've got to follow up. Um, sometimes things come out that, that uh, you know, you can't just leave in that room for that day. Um, but, um, you know, in my experience over, over the years of doing open, opening doors, there are things in our players' lives that we have no clue about. And uh, if you don't spend some time on, on that side of their lives outside of basketball, not only are you missing the connection and the significance of coaching, um, but, but you also could be missing a kid that, that is crying for help or um, that you want to empower as a leader. You, you, just, you just don't know what you find out. And, uh, and then they find out from each other, hey, I didn't really like that teammate but wow, when he when he talked about his story, his story is not that much different than mine. And if they just looked at each other, they'd say, oh, you, you don't understand me. I don't understand you. But it's it's funny how our stories are similar. Are, are those type of sessions done uh, separate from the actual on court type of stuff or are they done preceding it after it? What's happening? Yeah. Pre- preceding. Yeah. Preceding. Yeah. We, we make sure that we do that before before we get into to any kind of on the court uh on the court work uh but then we we do a lot of follow up with our guys um and you know i i spend a lot of time i try to have at least one guy in my office for an individual meeting um per day sometimes it's two uh but we spend a lot of time with them individually and you know making sure that they're they're doing well um obviously that builds your team and we talk about all all types of you know, roles and, you know, but most of the time it just devolves into, you know, how are you and your girl doing? You know, that's, and that's, uh, you know, that's part of this too. We, we like to think of ourselves as uh, a player development program. Uh, we spend a lot of time now when August 15th starts, uh, we spend a lot of time developing their skill on the court, uh, but we don't spend a lot of time. And we tell them this in the recruiting process during this preseason, it's about our team. It's about, getting to know each other and it's about getting you in great shape. And I think that's a minimum I can do as a coach. Uh, So speaking to coaches who might be considering doing something like this, maybe let's highlight some of the biggest challenges in putting this type of boot camp in place. Well, I I think if you've never seen it and been through it, it, it would be difficult to, to just create it. Um, You know, they might be better off going with, 
you know, everybody thinks oh, it's Navy SEAL training or, you know, we, we don't do any of that. It's, it's completely different. Um, I, would, I would just say challenge your players, uh, develop things that you probably already do. You, you probably already, a lot of people do defensive stations, you know, just figure out how many can they do in 30 seconds and develop a time and a score, you know, and hold them, hold them accountable. You know, don't make it unrealistic and, you know, that they, you know, they have to on every station, they have to go at hundred percent effort to make the time or the score, but make it realistic and, you know, get your work done. And, uh, you know, and, cha- and challenge the guys. And I think it probably would take some time. Um, but Buzz, Buzz kind of convinced me that I shouldn't give all the times and the scores out. <laughs> he was very protective of all that. Uh, so I'm going to stay to that tradition. Uh, but I think anyone can develop uh, within what they do. You know, uh, you know, just a little period where the guys think it's special that they're being challenged a little bit. Yeah, you don't have to give out the specific times, but do you have records from year to year that players are trying to beat certain times or certain records? Yeah, I have I have books and books and books. And then um, you know, Buzz sends me his book from each year. Um, I, I don't put the, you know, I don't have the budget he has. So he <laughs> of course. puts this nice book book together and uh which is nice. I mean, they track, they track everything. They track touches and um, you know, we do a lot of, we, we do a lot of tracking of touches as well, but not in boot camp. but you're, you're talking uh, touches in terms of like high fives and everything. High fives. Like and yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, we talk about rituals. We start every day with, uh, even before the pandemic with hand sanitizer, everybody gets the hand sanitizer. We call it the juice. Uh, when we break the huddle, everybody has touches. Um, so, you know, a lot, a lot of rituals, a lot of rituals. Yeah. It's, it's great to hear. That's a big part of it. And, um, the other, the other thing is that I wanted to highlight something that you said about doing basketball specific stuff as well, which a lot of these in the past traditionally weren't involving a ball. Like a lot of high school coaches, for example, don't have time to do things separately anyways. So if you're going to do this, make sure they have a ball as much as possible. Cause then you're covering two things at once. Right. And, you know, we're, we're, uh, we've always kept the ball out of the middle defensively, but we're, we're going more to the Texas tech Baylor uh, defense where we're really pinning it to the sideline. So you've got, you've got your, your, your goalie, your, your helpline guy. And, uh, so we, we had a drill where all it is, is, you know, you got 30 seconds where you're coming out to stop the drive. Uh, you're getting back, you have a closeout. So we just put combinations of, of activities and you have to get seven of them in 30 seconds, you know, and, so you're you're moving pretty good, but you're learning skills. And there's a coach there that's saying, "Hey, close out high, top shoulder, nose on the top shoulder, high early hands, whatever we're teaching, you know, whatever skills we're teaching." But put a time and a score to it, and it becomes part of boot camp. Least we think all of your success and your program success is just because of boot camp. There's so much more. And uh, we're going to peel back some of the layers on some of the uh, use of uh, statistical categories and analytics. And uh, maybe just give us an overview. You said, said that you work to always wed your system to the analytics that you want to produce. Can you explain that? <laughs> yeah, I think I texted <laughs> you that over Twitter. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can definitely explain it. So uh, for for us, it starts, oh, we want to have uh, margins. We think margins are, are, are really important. 
So we, we have four categories, and I think every coach has to decide what categories they want to try to create their margins. So our first margin is on the offensive glass, the, the offensive versus defensive uh, glass. So uh, our goal generally is to be up five on the glass. So we want to end the season uh, with a, a plus five differential on the glass. So that's going to get us four or five possessions. Uh, our turnover margin. So our goal with our turnover margin is plus three. So if you can get five on the glass, three on the turnovers, now you've got a plus eight margin, if that makes sense so far. Yeah. So then we value shooting three-point shots. Uh, three is worth more than two if you can shoot it at the right clip. Uh, we we, um, we had eight new guys last year. We had basically no practice. We didn't come back till October. So we didn't hit any of these marks last year. But we want, in, in a perfect scenario, we want to shoot 27 threes per game at the pace that we play. Uh, and we hope to make 11. We make 10 and a half or 11. You're shooting at a, at a pretty good clip. Uh, so that will create a margin because we're going to try to defend the three-point line at a higher clip. And then the last one is, is we get to the free throw line. And uh, our best teams uh, have been at 26, 27 free throws a game. Our goal is 25. Um, now, last year, we were a horrific um, free throw shooting team, worst in my career. Uh, so so uh, how do we wed those margins to our system? Uh, obviously, we want to shoot threes. We want to attack the rim. You know, we've got to create a system that, that is going is to accomplish those goals. Uh, we want to turn people over and we want to take care of the ball. We want to get after the offensive glass and make that a priority. So almost everything we do, and um, this is this is where uh, we have to go through every piece of our program from recruiting to our skill development to our systems. And we have to try to accomplish those, um, the get to those numbers in those categories. Because when we get to those numbers, we win about 95% of our games. So the margins, uh, the three-point shooting, uh, and the free throws. So it sounds, uh, sounds pretty simple, uh, but to accomplish all that, um, we, we don't want to waste any time. Uh, so if you come to our practice, it's probably, um, you're probably going to see us working on those four categories, whether that's um, spacing offensively, but spacing with the idea that we're trying to get to the free throw line, which is getting to the rim, getting paint touches, shooting threes. We work a lot on uh, our offensive rebounding ability, our angles, how do, how do, you know, how do we get coverage on the offensive glass without giving up transition, obviously. Um, and then, um, uh, you know, our, our turnover margin. So we, we pick up full court. So that generally takes care of itself. Yeah, it's awesome to hear the these specific and measurable goals that are such a part of your program. And uh, successful coaches through this podcast, I've definitely learned and it's hit home that they don't care about everything, but what they care about, they care about a lot. And that's this is another representation of that, isn't it? Yeah, and and to me, um, you know, coaching for for a long time, coaching a lot of games. Uh, when I look across the line, I say, wow, he's a, he's a really good coach. Generally, it's because I know exactly what he's trying to accomplish. 
and he's pretty good at it. Um, and that doesn't have to be everything. You know, he, you know, nobody's going to be great at everything. Um, now, you know, in a college situation where you can recruit your players, you know, there's no reason we can't be good at the things we want to be good at. You know, if we want to be able to shoot free throws better than we did last year, then I need to go recruit better free throw shooters. You know, we obviously you work on it and you improve, but you know, we've got to recruit players to that to that system. Um, and you know, for a high school coach, I'm sure that the these um, these goals and these targets probably have to change, and you have to be pretty smart about you know how you attack the game because you're 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 not going to be able to pick your players. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna take what you get, and then you got to figure out their strengths, and then you know how to how do the numbers add up? Where do I get my margins? You know, for us, that's where we we're gonna get our margins. And then with this, how are you communicating these things? Uh, let's say post game uh, to players, and then possibly again post practice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we have um, we have a game wrap up where we we come in and they they know the numbers. Uh, so, so I tell them that I'm going to be the expert in their game, and then I'm going to teach them how to be the expert in their own game through the analytics, through video. And uh, so they learn to, to know the paint touch numbers. We're, we, you know, we're big on paint touch, box touch on the defensive end. So they, they can see that. Um, they can see how many times we get to the free throw line. Um, we, we don't uh, bombard them with film. So we come in, we look at the numbers all of our numbers that we think are important. And I think we probably have about, uh, I'd say 14 categories that we go over post game. Uh, and you know, they, they do get better and better with the numbers as, especially through their career. And then we go four good, four bad plus one on the film. And we're very targeted about, about what we're trying to emphasize with the good and the bad. And then plus one sometimes is good or bad, but a lot of times it's just fun, you know, catch somebody, doing something on the bench or, you know, try to, try to keep it light, keep them engaged. Well, I love this because this type of uh, um, analysis obviously removes emotion from you as well, because you're delivering numbers and it's quantifiable and everything that goes with it. Yeah. And, and uh, I really learned with buzz, um, you know, I, I would say, you know, you talk about coaches that are field coaches and then coaches that are analytic and there's some that, you know, go across both spheres. Uh, Buzz learned everything through the numbers. And, uh, and that really helped me because I, I think at that point in my career, I was a head coach so young that, um, you know, I kind of, I kind of left the numbers out. Uh, so I've really embraced um, what I learned from him, some of the organizational points, um, the games within the game. And, uh, and our guys understand that they understand that, you know, ATOs are going to be 19% of the game. We need to win ATOs, you know, both sides of the ball. You know, we need to, to win out of bounds. So we track all those numbers. And uh, so they, when, when we come out, they know the importance of, of how that impacts the final score. And when you said this game wrap up, is that happening immediately post game or is that like the next day having this debrief? Yeah, it's the next day. Yeah. Uh, and, and we don't spend a ton of time, you know, we do, uh, probably, you know, outside the, the analytics that don't take a ton of time to, to, to digest and to, to quantify with our guys. Uh, one of the harder things that we have, and they hate when I assign it to them, but one of the assistants is going to have rebounding effort. So going back to what's important to your program. So he has to go through and every player they have to, did they box out? Did they check out? We box out close to the basket. We check out when they're on the perimeter. 
Uh, and then on the offensive end, you're either a get back or a go get. If you are a go get, did you go get? So they get an actual score after each game on their rebounding chart. Uh, and so, you know, you've got to quantify and you got to show them, okay, this is, you know, we're not making, we're not making our numbers on the offensive glass and here's why, you know, if you're, if you're going to go three out of four times, we're never going to make our numbers. And you see those numbers go up and up as the year goes on. I love this. It's just great. And your players must embrace it too, because again, as you said, it removes some of that emotion and subjectivity to it, to be able to make it real for them and measurable for them as well. And, uh, what, what do you feel they get the most out of in terms of these understanding these margins? Uh, I think they start to understand their own personal efficiency. And, and you know, they all want to be pros. And we've had 28 guys in the eight years sign professional contracts. So we take a lot of pride in them moving on from here. And uh, so, so when I tell them we want to teach you to be the, the, the expert in your own game, like they know um, when they, um, we call them wood twos. So you shoot a, a pull up two and you're making, you know, uh, 0.7 points per possession on that shot. Uh, so they understand what that means and they can go into, you know, synergy is an amazing thing. They can go in and you can take any of our guys outside of our freshmen and they can digest and, and explain to you uh, all of their synergy numbers and, you know, how they're good, how they're bad, how they can improve. Um, so I, I think at the end of the day, we convince them that, hey, you, you want to know what the general manager of that pro team, whether it's uh, the Chicago Bulls or the Taipei Bulls, <laughs> you know, wherever that wherever that general manager is, how are they going to look at your game? So how do you improve, you know, what that picture looks like? And then are you doing anything post-practice as well in terms of the debrief, specifically on the analytics side? Yeah, we do. Um, only on live play. So we'll track the same numbers that we track uh, in game. So we have a, and I got this from Buzz as well. We have a big board that, um, that we use during timeouts. And on that board is uh, paint touches, box touches, the score in that media, that four minute media, and then turnovers and rebounds. So on that board, real time, whether it's in practice or whether it's in the game, I can lay the board out, board down and say, hey, you know, we lost that four minutes. Here's why they got it into the paint, you know, three times. And we got it in once. Um, and they know how the paint touches relate to the score. You know, they, they, they've seen enough of the numbers to, to understand that. Or it's that, um, you know, we, we, uh, we gave up. There's a transition on there as well. We gave up transition, what, whatever it is. So, we try to use that in practice and then we use it in the, in the games at, at timeouts. Well, it's fun to learn about all this within your program. And uh, obviously you're making smarter players to be able to understand the game better and to understand, as you said, their efficiencies. And uh, the other part that goes with all this from the boot camp to the analytics is the importance of helping players succeed, not just on the court, but off the court as well and how all these things connect to that. So can you talk about that and the value of putting them in these uncomfortable situations? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, and I tell them that's, that's, that's our, that's our deal with them. I want them, you know, we're at Queens university. Um, I think I just pulled up some, there you go. Uh, we're at Queens university and in, in, we're here in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're not at Duke. 
but I, I tell them our, our deal is we have enough resources. We have enough folks, um, high level folks around our university that we are going to give you everything that you need to develop as a, as a player, uh, as a student, as a man that you would get at Duke, except for the private plane. And you can't, we can't bring around the private plane, but we, we have uh, nutritionists, you know, we've had academic support. We put as many speakers in front of them about personal finance, about the pitfalls of being a college athlete. Uh, and a lot of that goes into our preseason as well. We try to have, you know, a, a, at least a speaker a week um, to, to have some type of improvement. Uh, community service, how do you give back and how is that, you know, important to becoming a, a, a good citizen? Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's all inclusive. It's all inclusive. So, I uh, learned a long time ago if they don't if they don't think that you care about their future and you just care about them as a basketball player, um, you're not gonna you're not gonna get much out of them. But uh, I think you go as you go through your coaching career, you go from you know wins and losses and what that what that matters or doesn't matter to the significance of your relationships with your players. You know, and so we're very close to our alumni. You know, the best you, you know this, Chris. The best parts of this job are when they call you and ask you what kind of lawnmower to buy. So it's, that's, that's the real stuff. I haven't had anyone ask me that yet. I got to wait for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Coach, I mean, this is just, again, it it demonstrates what a program is from boot camp to your players and you understanding what creates margins. And then obviously running the program with all these different things that go with it. I mean, it's just a tremendous insight in terms of how you do things. And I can't thank you enough for being able to share that with us. Thanks, Chris. And, uh, you know, the last thing that I would I would say is, um, you know, some of the lessons I've learned through through years, um, you know, I get to pick my players. So as a high school coach, it's more difficult. But character, character, your players is is everything. You know, uh, when I was in North Texas, I got to know mean Joe Green and uh, everyone knows him as a player, but he's been with their organization forever. And uh, he claims that Pittsburgh Steelers and I'm, I, I can't. I can't tell you if this is true or not, have done the best in the draft of any NFL team. Uh, and he says it's because we we value character over everything else. And you can win games as a coach with talent, but you, you only win championships if you have great character. Great words, Coach. Thanks for leaving us with that. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate you having me. Hey, Coach. Brief interruption of our podcast to talk about basketballimmersion.com. The best player development is coach development. Many websites will provide you ideas on what to teach with a massive content dumping. Our website shares what to teach too, but with a focus on how to teach, how to add challenges, how to create random practice, how to create game-like training, how to connect and transfer practice skills to game applications, and so much more, including 70-plus master classes from coaches from around the world. Basketball Immersion is an online basketball coach education platform. Go to basketballimmersion.com to learn more today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and to give the basketball podcast and this week's guest a shout out on social media to show your support for us sharing the game. And to stay up to date on all things basketball immersion, subscribe to our newsletter at basketballimmersion.com slash newsletter.